Your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A particularly great day if you're a partisan Republican. Why? Well, because there are about nine different news stories that all work against Joe Biden and work against the likely Democratic ticket of Biden and Kamala Harris and uh, that work for whoever it is that the Republicans end up nominating. Why is that? Well, part of it has to do with the special prosecutor who is now finally appointed to look at the misdeeds of Hunter Biden, and there very clearly were some very serious misdeeds. Everyone acknowledges that. We went over that yesterday. Jonathan Turley makes the best case about what it is that uh, Hunter Biden did wrong. But now there is a federal prosecutor and there is a statement from the court that Hunter Biden will almost surely not get a, a plea deal of any kind. That's all fallen apart that he will have to face trial. There is also a partial victory, at least for President Trump, concerning a, <clears throat> an attempt by his prosecutors in the January 6th case to try to put limits on what he can say. Uh, he is warned against intimidating witnesses, uh, even uh, if he can't say exactly what he wants in a political speech. But generally, they have said no to uh, Jack Smith uh, and uh, saying that no, they cannot have the full binding restrictions that they seemed to want. Uh, with all of this going on uh, today, there would seem to be reasons for people on the Republican side of things to celebrate. Uh, people had been saying for months, literally, that it was about time. It made no sense for Trump to have a special prosecutor looking at his misdeeds. And uh, yes, there's a special prosecutor, Robert Hur, who's looking at Biden's handling of confidential documents. And there may be some follow up on that. But the claim for the GOP was that there was no appropriate attention uh, being paid to Hunter Biden. And now all of a sudden, uh, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, has a very different story, uh, a big announcement that occurred earlier this morning. Uh, this is uh, clip one, uh, part A, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Listen. I'm here today to announce the appointment of David Weiss as a special counsel consistent with the Department of Justice regulations governing such matters. In keeping with those regulations, I have today notified the designated members of each House of Congress of the appointment. In February 2018, after being nominated by the former president and confirmed by the Senate, Mr. Weiss was sworn in as the United States Attorney for the District of Delaware. Mr. Weiss had been a career prosecutor, having served previously in the office for more than a decade. Beginning in 2019, Mr. Weiss, in his capacity as U.S. Attorney, and along with federal law enforcement partners, began investigating allegations of certain criminal conduct by, among others, Robert Hunter Biden. 
That investigation has been recently referenced in federal criminal proceedings in the District of Delaware, and as noted in those proceedings and other public statements by Mr. Weiss's office, that investigation remains ongoing. Okay, and uh, there's actually more on this. Um, Mediaite is reporting federal prosecutors in the Hunter Biden criminal case indicated in a legal motion on Friday, and these are people who are working for David Weiss, who was appointed by Donald Trump when he was still president. They, uh, uh, these prosecutors had a legal motion today that a plea deal is unlikely to occur, not now, not ever, and that the case appears to be headed for trial. Uh, when would the trial occur? About the same time that Trump is going on trial, which seems to me what a lot of people on the right seemed to want. Uh, the big question was why all the attention to Trump? Well, the attention to Trump was because he was president of the United States. Hunter Biden will never hold any public office of trust, not president, not anything. Uh, but back in June, the Department of Justice had announced a plea agreement for the president's son over charges uh, related to his filing of federal income taxes and a felony gun charge. However, in the weeks preceding the deal, a federal judge in Delaware, that was Judge Mary Ellen Norieka, uh, a federal judge in Delaware said she would not accept the plea deal under the current conditions. The judge requested that attorneys for Biden and the DOJ negotiate a new deal that does not offer broad immunity for other charges related to his business dealings. In other words, in trial, the prosecutors will have a fair go to explore a lot of these sleazy connections that Hunter Biden clearly benefited from. Uh, President Trump has a, uh, a, a new... Uh, truth uh, social uh, that he has posted in reaction to all of this. He says, uh, deranged Jack Smith has just asked for a trial on the Biden indictment to take place on January 2nd, just ahead of the important Iowa caucuses. Only an out-of-touch lunatic would ask for such a date, one day into the new year and a maximum election interference with Iowa. Wait, we're talking now about a uh, a Biden indictment, a trial on the Biden indictment to take place on January 2nd? Or is he talking about the indictment of him? He obviously must be talking about the indictment of him. He doesn't mind if you interrupt the Iowa caucuses with a trial for Hunter Biden. In any event... He says, such a trial, which should never take place due to my First Amendment rights and massive Biden corruption, should only happen, if at all, after the election. The same with other fake Biden indictments, election interference. So, in other words, is he making the point that both a trial for Hunter Biden and a trial for Donald Trump should be put off until after the election? I mean... Isn't it worthwhile to try to uh, know as much as we possibly can about both of these candidates who are less than inspiring? 
Uh, here is a concluding uh, comment by um, Attorney General Garland about David Weiss. This is one. In February 2021, U.S. Attorney Weiss was asked to remain as U.S. Attorney for the District of Delaware and, in that capacity, to continue to lead the investigation. As I said before, Mr. Weiss would be permitted to continue his investigation, take any investigative steps he wanted, and make the decision whether to prosecute in any district. Mr. Weiss has told Congress that he has been granted ultimate authority over this matter, including the responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges and for making decisions necessary to preserve the integrity of any prosecution consistent with federal law, the principles of federal prosecution, and departmental policies. Okay, the uh, situation for Hunter Biden, not at all promising. A situation for Joe Biden, who basically uh, seems to be losing the argument about whether he or his family benefited directly from some of these business dealings uh, of his son. And uh, again, uh, there are clashes about that. There's more about the restrictions on Trump's self-expression in the midst of a presidential campaign. Uh, will those restrictions cramp his style? And then uh, people agreeing to terms for the upcoming debates and campaigning in Iowa. We'll be talking uh, about that coming up on The Medved Show. Michael Medved show if it sounds like we're a little bit surprised and uh, trying to scramble to make sense of what just happened uh, raising David Weiss who had been appointed the US attorney for the District of Delaware by President Trump had been selected by President Trump to investigate Joe Biden's son Hunter he's been investigating him now for five years and he's come up with apparently a lot but now he's going to be appointed to be a special prosecutor a special counsel which gives him a great deal more power to uh, subpoena people to uh, uh, dig for material to pursue the investigation and that's one of the things that people had been calling for uh, in the Republican caucus and the people like James Comer of the House Oversight Committee had been demanding because it just seemed like the sweetheart deal that they had come to where he was going to be immune from prosecution that that was inappropriate. So here's another shock. Uh, as much as we're all trying to scramble and make sense of what's going on, the White House is doing the same thing. Uh, the White House is reporting it had no advance notice on the Hunter Biden special counsel announcement. So this was a decision 
that was not made by the President of the United States, which is a good thing. It's not appropriate for him to make uh, decisions about his son's legal status. It was a decision made by Merrick Garland. And uh, Andy McCarthy is one of the few voices, I'm proud to say, Andy McCarthy, a frequent guest on this show, he is uh, calling out one of the differences that makes the appointment of David Weiss to this job as special counselor, as a special prosecutor, makes David Weiss an inappropriate choice. It's not because he's slanted pro-Biden, it's because he's too much part of the government. Uh, listen, here is Andy McCarthy, contributor to Fox News. This is a sham. There is no special counsel investigation and there is no Biden investigation. The special counsel regulations, what makes a special counsel special is that you're a lawyer who's brought in from outside the United States government, not just outside the Justice Department, outside the government. This U.S. attorney... Uh, is being appointed notwithstanding that he is an attorney who's a top official in the Biden Justice Department and Garland made clear is going to remain a top <laughs> official in the Biden Justice Department. This is the Biden Justice Department's vehicle for maintaining control of an investigation that they are not pursuing. They've had the case for five years. They've never indicted it. They're strategically allowing the statute of limitations to run to the point that the 2014 and 2015 conduct which covers most of the $21 million that the congressional investigation report showed this week, that's already time barred. And it's time barred because David Weiss himself decided to let those charges die rather than bring an indictment. They're not doing anything that you would do if there was an actual investigation, and he can't be a special counsel because he's inside the government, and the point of having a special counsel is to bring in someone from outside the government who we can trust to do a credible investigation. Okay, the, the difficulty here is that he is arguing that even though David Weiss was properly appointed by Donald Trump, uh, given the fact that he was appointed to be the uh, U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, United States attorney for U.S. District of Delaware, that was placing him inside the government and inside the Justice Department, where he is part of that entire establishment. And uh, the the idea being that if you want to actually get people to feel that uh, Hunter Biden is receiving the proper scrutiny leading to a trial, well, then you should bring in somebody from outside the government, which, of course, would also be difficult if Joe Biden is making that choice or, frankly, if Merrick Garland is making that choice, which is why I think they are continuing with David Weiss uh, so far. The, there's a... Um, uh, a, a great deal that uh, uh, people are saying, including people from outside the conservative community. For instance, there's a CBS News correspondent named Catherine Herridge who is suggesting that uh, maybe there's not simply uh, the voices of angels whispering about appointing uh, David Weiss, raising his status 
as he continues his investigation to the status of special counsel. Uh, listen, this is Catherine Herridge. A former federal prosecutor I spoke to just before this event said to me the appointment of a special counsel would have the effect of delaying a resolution on the Hunter Biden matter, in his opinion. And it would certainly delay any anticipated testimony from the U.S. attorney in Delaware to Republicans on Capitol Hill who have been seeking that testimony for several months. So it's an extraordinary development considering where the two parties were two weeks ago to wrap up this year's long case, now to the appointment of a special counsel that will have these broad authorities, most importantly, to continue this ongoing investigation, Margaret. Okay, to continue the investigation. And what about what they have found so far? Uh, on Fox, uh, Gillian Turner uh, was uh, pretty harsh and aggressive uh, when she was uh, talking uh, together with um, uh, Representative Nick Longworthy, who's a Republican from New York, when he said that the House Oversight Committee has never claimed that we have direct money going to the president, to point out that, well, they've actually been making that claim a lot. Uh, listen, here's that argument. Well, we, we've never claimed that we have direct money going to the president, but many members of his family have received money from foreign governments. And this is something that is very important for the American people to know. Um, you know well, here is a family where. Can I just follow up with you on a point? Because I we heard something. Or background. I want to just they're, follow they're up with you, sir, on a point you made a moment ago, which is you said we never claimed that. Um, any money was funneled directly to the president. That is precisely the claim uh, that the chairman of your committee, James Comer, and also Jim Jordan, have made many times on the public record. We are, on this we are network. putting an investigation together. Uh, Congressman, got to leave it there. Got to clarify again that the chairman of your committee and multiple colleagues of yours have made that direct claim that money has been funneled. Um, to the president or that he has profited directly off of his son's foreign business deals. We got to leave it there. Thank you so much for taking time. With us. And that, of course, is the biggest hope for uh, Joe Biden and his supporters. So meanwhile, what about this hearing today by uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin? This on the big case involving January 6th and the Trump attempts to overturn the election results. What are the restrictions on Trump's political speech or yours? We'll get to that and more coming up. Attention. On the Michael Medved show, there are now reports that there are up to a thousand people who were unaccounted for on the island of Maui, uh, particularly the town of Lahaina, which uh, for people who have never had the great privilege of going there is a beautiful place. It's a historic place. It's the old capital of uh, the kingdom of Hawaii. It was a center for the whaling industry. And when you travel around, walk the streets of Lahaina or a uh, travel around there, uh, they make much of that because that was part of uh, the way that the United States uh, 
got to Hawaii, and Hawaii became U.S. possession. It was uh, largely whalers who came initially, and then they helped to inspire missionaries who came to bring uh, Christian faith uh, to the islands. And uh, all of the historical locations in Lahaina apparently wiped out. Uh, Maui County Police Chief John Pelletier estimated the number of missing people at approximately 1,000, though he cautioned that honestly we don't know. Doesn't mean that how many that we have that have passed. I'm, I'm not saying that number at all, he said at Thursday's news conference. Uh, this is uh, this is all horrifying, and less horrifying, at least <laughs> a little bit, is the hearing that took place today with the the tough judge who has been chosen, and she was not chosen by any board or any policy or any executive. She was chosen by basically drawing lots. Her name is Tanya Chutkin. Uh, she was uh, confirmed unanimously in the U.S. Senate uh, when she was appointed to the judgeship by President Obama. But she was confirmed 95 to nothing. Every Republican voted for her. Uh, she warned President Trump at a hearing today that he must not make statements that could intimidate witnesses or taint the jury pool even if that means he can't say exactly what he wants to say in a political speech. Judge Chutkin is presiding over Trump's trial on his indictment by special counsel Jack Smith's grand jury for his attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election before and on uh, January 6th, 2021. Trump uh, faces charges of conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against rights. At Friday's contentious hearing, just wrapped up, uh, over the protective order that Smith's team is seeking, uh, CNN provided up-to-the-minute updates that included the judge's remarks during the proceeding. No one disagrees that any speech that intimidates a witness would be prohibited. What we are talking about is fair use of information, said uh, uh, John Loro, who is the one of the attorneys for President Trump. That's what he said at one point, putting forward a hypothetical that Trump is publicly remarking on something from his personal memory that also is evidence in the case. Quote, the uh, fact that he is running a political campaign currently has to yield to the administration of justice, said Judge Chutkin. Uh, she went on and said, and if that means that he can't say exactly what he wants to say in a political speech, that is just how it's going to have to be. Uh, Loro put forward a hypothetical of Trump making a statement while debating his former Vice President Mike Pence who's also running for the White House and is a key witness in this criminal case that overlapped with what is in discovery. The judge wasn't sold on that. Quote, uh, President Trump is a criminal defendant. He is going to have constraints, the same as any defendant. This case is going to proceed in a normal order, Chutkin said. 
you're conflating what your client needs to do to defend himself and what he wants to do politically, she told him. And what your client does to defend himself has to happen in the courtroom, not on the Internet. Uh, so, again, uh, does this mean that um, this is a complete wipeout for Trump? No. She did not grant uh, all of the restrictions that Jack Smith was asking for. But she did say that Trump had to watch the way he was going to be using material that would be made available to him through the court and by the prosecutors. Uh, meanwhile, on this idea of the new Hunter Biden special counsel being the same guy who was originally chosen by Donald Trump to investigate Hunter Biden, uh, Lindsey Graham doesn't like uh, what uh, this latest move by the Department of Justice. That's not a surprise. Here is Senator Graham. This is like the dumbest, dumber-than-dirt political move. On a Friday afternoon, and anything bad you want to talk about on a Friday afternoon, they make a four-minute announcement, we're going to turn Weiss into a special counsel to remove any and all doubt. Andy's right. There is no ongoing investigation of Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. Why would you accept a plea to half the case if you were continuing to investigate the guy for other crimes. Nobody ever does that. The only reason we're talking about this is the plea deal blew up because of a good judge. In that plea agreement, they were going to wipe out all the financial transactions as a potentially criminal if he uh, did the diversion agreement on the gun. There's no, never been a deal like this in the history of America. So the judge blew up the deal, and Weiss, according to the whistleblower, uh, has had pressure on him from day one to short-circuit this investigation. So when I hear the Attorney General tell me today, I'm going to make Weiss special counsel, that creates yeah. more problems and, uh, than, than answers uh, that it gives. In other words, would the alternative be to fire David Weiss? I'm, I'm not sure what that means, because then you would be firing somebody who had been appointed by Trump. And then who is going to appoint the new special counsel? Wouldn't it be that same uh, Merrick Garland that we had before? Uh, there's, uh, meanwhile, arguments between Jake Tapper over on CNN and Representative James Comer of Kentucky, the head of the Oversight Committee, and they talk about some of the sleaze that the Oversight Committee has, it seems to me, inarguably uncovered about literally tens of millions of dollars, maybe as much as $20 million, going to the Biden family with the implication that the people who are ponying up that money were getting influence and access with it. Here's a, a Jake Tapper and James Comer. Listen. And if you guys are going to launch an effort to try to reform Washington so people who are powerful can't have their wives and children and husbands and others traffic on that relationship, you know, I'll, I'll be first in line to help you out. But it doesn't seem like you're trying to do that. It, it seems like you're trying to just go after President Biden. No, we're trying to do that. That's been the goal from day one is to have a legislative fix. 
Uh, a lot of the president's defenders, especially in the media, say that, well, this uh, influence peddling is a cottage industry in Washington. Well, it needs to change. But let's just go back to uh, not having any evidence of wrongdoing with, with Joe Biden. Look, six banks by Joe Biden, Biden. family. Not, not no, and like it's certainly there's sleaze. But, 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 there's look, sleaze remember, there. I'm saying I, what, did, what did the president do wrong, though? Well, remember, when we started this investigation at the end of January, that's when I got subpoena power the last week of January. The narrative was the laptop was Russian disinformation. Joe Biden's family never received money from China. Joe Biden's family never received any of this money while he was vice president. And Joe Biden never communicated with any of the people that sent his family this money. All four of those things have been proven false. Okay, that's true that they have been proven false. And it's why there's more talk than ever before that Joe Biden won't be the nominee. Michael Medved show uh, continued uh, battles, some of them just uh, directly political in uh, uh, mostly located in the state of Iowa right now because the Iowa State Fair and folks are getting ready for the upcoming uh, major debates. Uh, they are uh, reporting in the Des Moines Register that uh Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, a Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, and the governor of North Dakota, Doug Burgum, have all uh, qualified for the debate stage. And uh, they have all signed the uh, Republican National Committee's pledge to support the eventual Republican presidential nominee. And thereby they've qualified for the first primary debate, which is coming up August 23rd, which is, uh, what is that? That's uh, two weeks from yesterday, or the day before yesterday. It's August 23rd. It's soon. And uh, the um, big was the word of the day at the Iowa State Fair. That's what they're reporting in the Des Moines Register, uh, because it opened with the annual naming of the livestock champions who were chosen for sheer size. Uh, they were named Super Bull, Big Bear, and Big Ram. And then right after that, they, <laughs> they mentioned uh, that Vice President Mike Pence defended his actions on January 6th after he was accused of treason, which is punishable by death, by an audience member on the opening day of the Iowa State Fair. Whatever happened to that Iowa hospitality? You're going to accuse Mike Pence of treason? By the way, anyone who wants to explain to me a, a way that Mike Pence was treasonous, that he committed uh, treason, betrayed his oath to serve the United States and defend our Constitution, it doesn't seem to me that uh, that's a, a, a charge that is fairly or plausibly or sanely applied 
to someone like Vice President Pence. In any event, um, after he was um, accused of treason by an audience member who didn't really let him proceed with his speech, he then criticized former President Trump and criticized President Trump's request for him to overturn the 2020 presidential election, which he had no constitutional or legal power to do. Pence continued denouncing Trump, it says, when taking questions uh, from reporters after the stump speech, reiterating that he didn't have the right to decertify the election results. Meanwhile, Governor Burgum of North Dakota wasted no time getting to know prominent supporters at the Iowa State Fair, uh, giving his elevator speech to fair attendees from the Iowa GOP booth during his stump speech uh, at the Des Moines Register's political soapbox, Burgum zeroed in on three issues that he believes should decide the election. Energy, the economy, and national security. He said that cultural issues could be addressed elsewhere. Uh, meanwhile, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds will host Burgum, Pence, and Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, who's also qualified for the debate, by the way, for her fireside chats this morning. Get it? Franklin Roosevelt had fireside chats. She's going to have fireside chats. Uh, she will host Haley DeSantis and venture capitalist uh, Vivek Ramaswamy tomorrow. Uh, Suarez will also appear at the Des Moines Register political soapbox early today along with uh, businessman Perry Johnson. There's a name that <laughs> he is not qualified for the debate stage. And uh, conservative radio host Larry Elder. Ramaswamy and Haley will appear at the soapbox tomorrow. So uh, busy times in Iowa. And uh, somebody who's been getting a great deal of attention and I think is eagerly looking forward to uh, the debates have have to do with uh, Chris Christie. I mean, uh, when when you're hearing these winners at uh, the Iowa State Fair, a uh, winning Super Bowl, uh, Big Bear and Big Ram, uh, this is Big Chris, who uh, really has been uh, fairly successful and aggressive in boosting some of his poll ratings, particularly in New Hampshire where I believe he's tied for third now in New Hampshire. But uh, he was on Newsmax with Eric Bowling and uh, said it's time to stop making excuses for one of his rivals. Uh, listen, this is clip four. In the same way none of us should have believed eight years ago when he said he was going to build the wall across the entire border, and we look at his results, 52 miles. You know what, Eric? If he gets another 110 years as president in that pace, he'll finish the wall. Yeah, it's, uh, some would say, Governor, that there's something that came in towards the end there that kind of stopped 
production of anything called COVID, or as Trump would call it, the Chinese virus. So no telling whether or not the wall would have been finished or not, or you can tell me it, it, it won't. Another policy <laughs> Come on, Eric. issue. Eric, we, we talked about... the excuses for him, please. Uh, please. Oh, oh uh, by no means am I making excuses for anybody. Four years. Uh, he had three years of his presidency before COVID was anywhere near the United States or anywhere else in the world. So that means in three years, he got 14 miles of wall done, uh, 15 miles of wall done a year. Congratulations. Um, you know, at that pace, he's going to have to have over 100 years as president to get it done. So can we stop making excuses for him? He's a big boy now, as much as he complains all the time about how much he's picked on. Can we not have people making excuses for him on that utter failure, especially from someone whose whole career is about being a builder? Uh, tough words and also some tough words, as we mentioned, against uh, Mike Pence. This was the way he was heckled by Trump loyalists at the Iowa State Fair, clip six. Pence is a traitor. Anybody that says he has a higher power uses those words. He is not a Christian when you say higher power. We don't buy it as believers, Pence. You are far from a Christian. Far from a believer. Look at that. Take a good photo. Right here. This is the winner. And you all know it. That guy, traitor. Traitor. Uh, that guy's a traitor. This con <laughs> lovely conversation went on. Clip 11. My question is this. Why did you commit treason on January 6th and not stop? Oh, I'm a veteran, buddy. No. You shut your mouth. <laughs> The Red Sox suck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's a fair question. Look, come on, people. That's why I came. Let me take you to January 20th, 2017. I put my left hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible and I raised my right hand. And I swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And it ended with a prayer. So help me God. My son, who's a captain in the United States Marine Corps, reminded me one time that it's the exact same oath that he took. It was a promise I made to the American people. It was a promise I made to Almighty God. Now, I know you might have a different impression about what my duties and responsibilities were on January 6th, and I'm happy to talk to you about it. Okay, and uh, the conversation went on. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Professor Paul Kangor, political scientist from uh, Grove City College, and the director of the Institute for Faith and Freedom. Uh, he is suggesting to Republicans a, an absolute rule. He says it's not rocket science. Nominate a candidate who's capable of getting 50% of the vote or more. So who would that include among the current candidates? And who would that exclude? Uh, we will get to that with Paul Kangor. He's also going to talk about, with all the attention on Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the A-bomb, uh, Paul Kangor had the last conversation on Earth with the 95-year-old father of the H-bomb, Edward Teller, who made some remarkable observations. We will get to that and uh, much more coming up in this greatest nation on God's green earth.